Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 149 of the Beers and Bible podcast. I am Anthony. And I am Michael. And we are happy to be with you for another week of the Beers and Bible podcast. Anthony. Yes, we are. What's up? Man, it's been a busy week getting back from the podcast conference last week and trying to catch up on a couple of days worth of work and do some other things and, 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 and that's, I have not, I haven't stopped this whole week. It's been crazy. Mm, I How about you? you? Uh, so I was flying solo at work for uh, basically two of the first three days this week. Mm. And um, because all of our other team was in like deep South Georgia doing a, wrapping up a couple of jobs down there. So I had a lot of time to think and be by myself and <laughs> run wire. So that was fun, but it's been good. Just uh, busy. There's a hurricane apparently going through right now. Um, well, that's fun. Uh, hurricane, tropical storm, Nicole or whatever Nicole? it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's going on. Like it started raining times here to, and it got cold. Oh, it got cold. Um, Boo. But, it's been good. Just staying busy. Uh, my kids were sick early part of this week, so uh, that was fun navigating all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, as it always is, but it's just <laughs> part of being a dad. So that's what it is. Um, here's how I navigated it. See y'all later. <laughs> Went to work. <laughs> Got to go to work. <laughs> Take luck. No, that's that's terrible. Oh gosh. But oh, no, every, we're all good. Everyone's on the mend, feeling better, getting medicine nice. in, and um, we're you know rocking and rolling, getting ready to. Thanksgiving is in two weeks. Yes, it is. I've already got my Christmas music playing. I, I two I new Christmas even, playlists. I haven't even year. thought about Christmas. <laughs> which my wife is like, we need to talk about what we're going to do for Christmas this year, and I'm like, yes, we do. And then nothing ever happens. So <laughs> Dude, we need to get on that at some point. I saw a blow up lawn ornament that made me think of you the other day. It was Santa Claus laying down and a turkey sitting on top of him. And he had a sign that said, not your time, fat man. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I want that lawn ornament. <laughs> I was like, this is great. I might even get That's that. <laughs> That's awesome. So. Well, all right. Well, Anthony, since we kind of have the similar stuff similar going on inch. with our drinks, um, I'll say I want to call it beer, but mine's not technically beer. <laughs> it's close enough. It's got alcohol in it. It's beer adjacent. Beer adjacent. Yes. <laughs> so uh, why don't you tell our listeners what you're drinking? Because I think that will uh, set up what I'm drinking. So... um the one of the local breweries here to me in Fairhope Brewing puts out these random um 
just they kind of make one-offs every now and then. We had the Starburst that we did a while back, and they posted one the other day of this beer can literally sitting in an apple pie, and I sent it to Michael, and he was like, oh, my gosh, we need to find that one. I was like, oh, I'm going to get one. <laughs> so I drove down there. This is the apple pie sour. Um, spiced ale, spice sour ale with apple juice added. And I'm just going to read, this is from the can, because there's nowhere on their website. This is just kind of a one-off beer they made. It says, made with real apple juice, this slightly sour ale is bursting with the flavors of cinnamon, nutmeg, and clove. Make sure you don't leave this apple pie on the windowsill. And this, I'm, I am into, if you remember, I, we did Westbrook, the... The goes uh, it was the apple pie goze or whatever. Grandma's what? apple pie. Grandma's apple pie. That's it. Five Luther beer, amazing. I, w- I went and bought like twelve of them when when I came up there last year because it was so good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I have not seen it this year at this at at my store that has the good beer, um, kind of chill package. Haven't seen it this year, but I'm going to keep looking for it. But this right here, I'm hoping is as good as that one because mm-hmm. it's a sour. But it's apple pie. So yes. I'm I'm extremely hopeful for this one. So that's what I have for tonight. Awesome. What are you drinking? So I am, like Anthony said, we're going a little bit of Jace here. Um, I have from Old Smoky Tennessee Moonshine. Mm. The it's an apple pie ginger moonshine cocktail. And uh the can reads um it is um so it says our apple pie ginger combines real old smoky moonshine distilled in tennessee with the flavors of baked apple pie and spicy ginger ale mm. it says that's, I need to that's definitely beer adjacent because ginger ale is they make like ginger beer which is pretty close yeah. to yeah it says to enjoy this over ice. Oh, it says chilled or over ice. So we're good there. Um, I think it's uh, like 9% ABV. Yeah. Okay. 18 proof carbonated liquor. So I guess that's that's basically beer. That's pretty much. Yeah. Mine's only five and a half. So when um, so we went to the package search tonight to get something for the podcast mm-hmm. and I got something else. And then my wife got these. And then you sent that picture of what you had for tonight. And I was like, oh. I'll just have one of these apple pie things and save the thing I have for next week, which is a big deal. Next week is our 150th episode. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I have to tell you a story. Uh, well, you you probably already know the story because I told you, but I went and got a beer last night for the mm-hmm. podcast to do tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and I walked in. So I went to Fresh Market, which is not my typical, like, I'm going to go buy a beer store, but it was the closest thing. So I just walked in there and I was walking around. I was looking. And I saw this Monday night beer, and I was like, oh, we've had a few Monday nights. Those are usually pretty good. And I just saw Blood Orange. I was like, oh, it's a Blood Orange. This will be good. Grabbed it, pulled it off, went and paid for it, went home, went to stick it in my fridge, woke up in the middle of the night and thought to myself, I just bought an IPA. I can't do an IPA on the podcast tomorrow. So when my alarm clock went off at 4 o'clock this morning, the first thing I did was come in here and see if I actually bought an IPA or if I was just having a nightmare. And my nightmare came true. I actually bought an IPA and didn't mean to. <laughs> so the funny thing is I saw that IPA in the package store I was in tonight, Conley's. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, oh, I could buy it. But then 
we'd be breaking the rules. <laughs> that's, but then, so, but we would be matching. That's true. Maybe, maybe we break the rules if we could get the same. No, we don't no, break the rules. No, for, we don't break. Not, the, well, not, not the IPA rule. I drank one at dinner tonight just to see because I like blood orange stuff, and I was like, let's just. I'm, I'm gonna be fair. I'm gonna give it a shot. No, it was awful. It was terrible. <laughs> I was like, I've got to find Did somebody to give these other five to because I don't want them. They're gross. It's, I'm sure you know somebody. All right, so let's yes. crack open what we have tonight. Let's do um, it. Because we've had a long-winded... <laughs> <laughs> we've done a lot for not having drunk anything. So True that. Here we go. Three, two, one, crack. Oh, my gosh. So I've actually already... My wife had one of these. Mm-hmm. Um at dinner and I've already smelled it and it smelled so good. Bro. So this does have a little bit more sour smell. Are you changing your mind about sending the two to me? (laughs) I might. (laughs) No, I'm definitely sending you some beer. What I might do is go get me some more. So I was talking to a buddy of mine and I was telling him about this beer and I said, I'm going to try to do it on the podcast and uh, and he was like, you know, they have it right over here. There's a where I work. There is a new brewery right behind us, mm-hmm. and they have it on tap at that brewery. So tomorrow afternoon, I might be making a trip to that brewery <laughs> to get it on tap. <laughs> tomorrow afternoon, I may be driving to South Alabama to have beer with you. <laughs> Let's go. We'll do it. So this just smells like apple juice. Mine smells like apple juice and sour beer mixed together. Mine, mine smells and looks like apple juice. Yours does look like apple juice. But it's allegedly moonshine. It's got a very cinnamony uh, smell. You basically have the pumped up version of Angry Orchard is what you have. Which is fitting because I have it in the Angry Orchard class. Nice. So. Well. Let's turn them up and drink them. Cheers, bud. Shall we? Cheers. <laughs> okay, five Luthers. <laughs> there is no beating around the bush on this thing. This is, yes, I'm going to send you the other two that I have for you because I want you to drink these and review them and I want you to give it five Luthers too because give that it 4.98 is... Luthers <laughs> just out of spiked. <laughs> That is absolutely fantastic. I mean, so a lot of times when you get a beer like this, sometimes you can like the flavor can be overwhelming, mm-hmm. like it can be too strong. And at, no, this this is this makes me want to this makes me want to like sours more than I. They're currently growing on me. Mm-hmm. This to me is like the perfect sour. It's got the sweet tangy taste of apple. It's almost like the sour is like the crust part of an apple pie. Like, mm. you, you know, and I, I love the slightly burnt crust mm-hmm. is the part that I love on an apple pie too. But like the filling has got that sweet and then the crust gives you that almost just slightly breadish bitter taste that kind of finish off everything. Oh my gosh. This is, this is drinking apple pie in a can. It's as good as the Westbrook beer. It's a little, the flavor is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, 
This is like my grandma made apple pie, and that one's like your grandma made apple pie. They're both really good, but they kind of just taste a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a five Luther beer all day. I hope they keep this around. They're probably not, which makes me sad, but uh, totally worth it. Five Luthers, Fairhope Brewing, knocking it out of the park again. These guys are so good. I'm glad I live by them. <laughs> so Lucky. Lucky. <laughs> so there's my five Luther. How's the uh, the moonshine? So it's really good. It's very strong. Nice. Um, 9% I'm, is pretty strong. Not, and I mean, it is, but it isn't. Like That's true. <laughs> but the flavor is great. Like my initial thought was like, oh, I'm just drinking the liquid from an apple pie. Yeah. That's what is somehow they managed to carbonate that and just put it in this can. Um, it reminds me a lot. I've talked about it on here probably like 10 times. Mm-hmm. The uh, cherry pie cider. Oh, yeah. That I have that is local here. Um, it reminds me a little bit of that in the um, how they pull it off. I. I it's still fizzing. That's really it, uh, I'm mesmerized by that. It just keeps going and going. Um, <laughs> gosh, how good is this thing? It is like every bit of the flavor is right. Like the apple pie flavor plus the ginger ale. Like the ginger ale, I didn't know how that was going to mix. Yeah. But it mixes really well, like nice. surprisingly well. Um, and I think I am also going to land at five Luthers on this thing. Nice. Double fives for the apple. The apple pies always get good ratings from us for some yeah. reason. Uh, because we are fans of apple pie. Yeah. I was going to say fatties, but <laughs> that too. <laughs> We're that oh, too. Man. Oh, so. Man. Well, well, dang, guys. There's a couple of beer reviews. Fair Hope and Old Smoky. Old Smoky. They make a really good salted caramel whiskey. Old Smoky does. So I've only, the only, the only old smoky I've had was peanut butter, and I wasn't a huge fan of it, but I think that's mm-hmm. because I don't like peanut butter flavored liquor. Yeah. Like it's too strong and it's too fake peanut mm-hmm. butter. Like, like this stuff, like the apple is perfect. There's nothing wrong with this. Yeah. But nice. you start getting into like peanut butter and stuff. It's it's weird. So <laughs> all right. Anyway, fair hope. Apple pie sour getting five Luthers from Anthony and the Old Smoky Moonshine Apple Pie Ginger Moonshine Cocktail. That's a lot <laughs> to say. Getting say five, five Luthers. Fast. <laughs> I barely said it once. You need to chill. Um, also getting five Luthers out of five for me. There is our beer slash drink review for the week. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have beer, but it's okay. Beer, beer adjacent. Beer adjacent. Beer adjacent. <laughs> yes. So, um, But good job, Fair Hope and Old Smoky uh, coming in. Coming in hot and um, getting those uh, five Luther ratings. So um, there you have it on that part of the podcast. And after this short break, we are going to jump right into the next book of the Bible that we are going to be going through. And tonight, the book on tap is Ecclesiastes. So um, stick around with us and we will be right back after this short break.
Welcome back. We're going to dive right on into the book of Ecclesiastes this week. It is a fun book. It's a it's it's the book that makes you just want to go. I give up in life because you're not going to figure out anything. The writer is like, yeah, that's basically useless, but you should trust God. Yeah, that's yeah. Don't don't trust. No, you should just trust God. You're not going to figure that out. You're too stupid. Just trust God. (laughs) I I like that. Someone had to say it. That's like true. someone, someone <laughs> said it. It needed to be said, and someone said it. And it's great that it's part of scripture, and we get to read it for all. That's right. Time. So, who said it? The person who said it. His name is Kohalet. I want to name my kid. I'm not going to have any more kids, but if I had another kid, I would want to name him Kohalet. <laughs> you could legally change the name of one of your kids. I could. What if I changed my name to Kohalet? That would be fun. You know what? That name fits you. <laughs> Does it, though? It might. So Kohalet just means the preacher, if you're wondering. Um, and if, you're re- if you read the introduction to Ecclesiastes, it says, you know, the preacher, the word, the preacher. So that's the Hebrew word there is Kohalet. And so that's where you get the name of the person who's essentially compiling this like wisdom and advice things that are going to be going on in the book of Ecclesiastes um, is the name Kohalet. We will probably use that name interchangeably, or we might just refer to the author because it's a little bit easier to say the author than it is to say Kohalet, but it's more fun to say Kohalet. So, um, but what we have here in Ecclesiastes is thoughts from a teacher. This is thoughts from the wisdom. Remember we're coming, we're coming from Proverbs here. And he is wrestling with the realities of life. Um, life is smacking him in the face, and he's like, "Is this really worth it all? You know, is this really this book kind of asks the question that we all get to ask at some mm-hmm. point in our life? What is the point of all this? Like, uh, at one point, he's like, "Vanity, vanity, everything is vanity. You know, it's basically all useless." Um, and so what you what he does though throughout this book is he sets this question of what's the meaning of life or what's the point of life in the context of knowing God through the fear of God, knowing wisdom through the fear of God. And so mm-hmm. um remember, drag that from Proverbs. Um you're going to see that coming in. Now in the Hebrew Bible, this book does not follow Proverbs. So remember in the Hebrew Bible, this uh what follows Proverbs is uh Esther. Was it Esther? Mm -hmm. Yes, it was Esther. So what follows Proverbs is Esther. And then you have Ecclesiastes after that. And so, Mm -hmm. so you, it's, it kind of changes the way you think about it because you have this story of Esther following the Proverbs. And then you have the Kohalit, the preacher who's writing, basically all of life is vanity. When you've just read a story about how God protected and preserved his people. So, mm-hmm. um, it, it kind of, it really changes the mindset that you can, that you read a book with when you understand a little more about the context of how it was written and how it would have been arranged in that day. Yeah. Okay. Um, we don't really know the time or date, um, exactly of when it was actually written. We know how it's arranged in the Bible, but there's no, uh, I guess there's not a whole lot of context clues about like what's happening in Israel when this is being compiled, when this is written. Um, but it does emphasize the transitory nature of life. Okay. Um, thinking of your life as a giant transition is 
is is a little bit mind numbing because you're like it eventually gets you to this like what is the point what you know what what good is any of this why it's mm. sure it's all useless we're all going to end up in in death and um you know the we're going to talk about in a little while but the writer basically says the great equalizer is death and i heard this amazing statistic the other day and i guarantee you that it's accurate um that one in one people die yeah so you know it's uh you're you're going to die that is the equalizer it doesn't matter if you're rich it doesn't matter if you're poor it doesn't matter if you're famous it doesn't matter if you're not nobody knows your name everybody dies and so when you when you look at life as this transitory thing and you say it it really kind of all seems futile unless you have something to base your life on unless you have a presupposed being that is the creator and foundation of all of life and everything that we experience, even time itself, then you have a different perspective. Yeah. And so that's going to be the perspective that we're going to draw from Ecclesiastes is this, you know, everything is futile. Everything is vanity unless you have God as your foundation. And so that kind of orients us into the book. So let's talk about a little bit of advice as we read through the book of Ecclesiastes. It's important to remember that the book of Ecclesiastes is, um, it's going to be one of the hardest books we read. Mm -hmm. And it's for a lot of the reasons, Anthony just talked about, um, you know, the talking it's it's asking hard questions. What's the point of life in, um, how do we, determine what what's what's the point why are we here um <laughs> and it's somewhat rambling in nature mm -hmm. um there there seems there's a lot of um not you're not really sure where the author is going yeah and then at some point he gets there and you're like how do we do that <laughs> um um see it's seemingly antithetical um, there's a, I'm sorry, there's a seemingly antithetical nature of some of the statements mm -hmm. in the book. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you don't pay like really close attention, there's parts of the book that seem to contradict other parts of scripture. Yeah. Um, Ecclesiastes is a book that is very easily taken out of context, mm -hmm. very easily. So, Keep keep that in the back of your mind. As most of the Bible is, but Ecclesiastes maybe even <laughs> more so. Um, when you're reading through it, um, notice how Kohelet maintains this robust trust in God, mm -hmm. um, even though he's willingly admitting that the ways of God are beyond finding out. Yeah, And this comes back to something that, Anthony, we've discussed probably a thousand times. <laughs> Is Let's that make it the, a thousand and one? <laughs> so, but it's that the finite cannot explain or understand the infinite. Mm -hmm. Like we, the created, cannot and should not understand what God, the Creator, is doing or has done. Because if we could understand it, He wouldn't be God. Yeah, and so Kohelet here is saying. I'm going to put my trust in God, even mm. though I don't understand. Yeah. And I'm, and he, he seems okay with not maybe understanding. Yeah. 
And that I think that's the that's that's the point that people need to get to that mm-hmm. believers need to get to is like God mm-hmm. is doing this thing and God's allowing this thing to happen. Mm-hmm. And I am okay with it. Yeah. Because it's happening regardless of if yeah. you're okay with it or not. Yeah. So it's I think a lot of times we spend so much effort and so much energy trying to fix our situations mm-hmm. instead of trying to learn from our situations. Yeah, yeah. That a lot of times we miss the point of the situations because we're more focused on fixing it because yeah. we think we know the answer. Yeah. And when you think you know the answer, then you think you're the one who can provide the solution mm-hmm. instead of recognizing that you don't have the answer. And what is God trying to teach you Yeah, in, in that season? You know, I, I think back to our, our study that we're going to see here in a few more weeks, but like our study in Lamentations, when we talked about trusting God, when everything seems to be going wrong. Yeah. And you don't know why it's going wrong and you don't have a reason for it to be going wrong, but everything is going wrong. And so how in that situation can you better trust God? I think Ecclesiastes gives us a almost like a, a little mini playbook to look at those situations and say, here's how I can do that, because this guy did it. And the focus has to be on the fear of God for the gaining of wisdom. Yeah. You know, that's where the focus has to be. Yeah. As you were talking there, I was just thinking that a lot of times we, we, you're saying we focus on, um, I think the way you were saying it was leading to, we focus on why did God let this thing happen or why is God allowing this thing to happen Mm -hmm. and not what can I learn from it or how can I be a better follower of Jesus, a better husband, a better Mm -hmm. worker, a better brother in Christ, like, how can I use what God is putting me through to make those around me better, to make mm-hmm. myself better, to give God more and more glory, the glory he deserves. Yep. Um, and that's just our flesh getting in the way. That yep. That's just the why you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole like, woe is me. Mm-hmm. Look at what's going on because of what I'm going through and not... Um, not focusing on the more important things, which is obviously what God wants you to learn from, from those things. So that's right. Um, and finally through, uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, we're going to see these, uh, dominant realities. There's four of them. Um, and we've kind of hinted around, I think all of them so far tonight. Mm-hmm. So, um, unless we have anything to add to them, we'll just run through them real fast. Yep. Um, so the, the first is God is the indisputable reality from mm-hmm. whom all life is given. And then we have God's ways are not always understood by creation. Mm-hmm. This leaves room for mystery and um, not understanding, not misunderstanding, but just not understanding yeah. and being okay with that. Um, much of the human experience doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And then like Anthony's already talked about the great equalizer being death. Yeah. And those are going to be prevalent through the book of Ecclesiastes, those four uh, realities. Yes, they are. So take that advice, take our setup, and let's walk through. Ecclesiastes is not a long book. Um, and the, when you get into each kind of each chapter, there's not there's there's not like great depths 
to to try to understand. I mean, there yes, it is a deep book because it's hard to read, but when you when you have that framework of understanding what the writer is trying to do, it makes it a little bit easier to to do mm-hmm. this. So we're gonna we're gonna walk through it and just kind of highlight each each little section, each chapter, um, and hit back to a lot of those those things that we've already mentioned. You know, yeah. the, those emphasis and those themes that we've already mentioned. So, from the introduction, we can find out. Um, that Kohalat is actually um, is is identified as a Davidic king. We don't know who, but we know this is happening. We definitely know it's happening after David. There's a lot of time period after David, so you know whatever. Um, however, that narrows it down. But um, the person is not named, and they kind of set up this whole idea of human frailty. And human frailty is the framework that the rest of Ecclesiastes is going to be set inside of because mm-hmm. if we understand our own personal frailty, then we better understand the human experience and how we can relate better to God and how right. we can have more fear of God. And so that gets us through um just the beginning of the first chapter and then on in through the end of chapter one and on into chapter two, the final of chapter two, we have uh, ways of talking about trying to gain from labor. And um, the focus here is that there is an eternal aspect to our work. And, and and I think this is important, especially for American Christians to understand, is that your work does not define you. What you do does not define mm-hmm. you. God is the one who defines you because God is the one who put life in you. So he is the one who gets to say, this is who you are. and it changes the way that we look at what we do because you could be a garbage man, but you can be a garbage man that loves Jesus and shines the light of Jesus to all the people on his garbage truck route, you know, or you can be a CEO and you can be a CEO who loves Jesus and gets the opportunity to shine the love of Jesus to his, to the people who work for him and with him. Yeah. And so your work does not define you. God is the one who defines you. And we're going to see that right there. Um, and and if you ultimately find worth in what you do, then you're you're going to find futility in that. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see nothing but futility come of that because yeah, it's a never ending saga. I, I may have mentioned this before, but one of the songs I think of is the song by John Mayer um, called "Something's Missing." You know, and he has this part where he's like, friends, check, money, check, uh, you know, opposite sex, check. I've got all of these things. But in the whole point of the song is after all those things that the world defines as what is good, he's like, yeah, something's still missing. Mm. Something's not right here. And so you see that set up in the first couple of chapters. And then we get to chapter three. So take us through some some of chapter three and on into the next part. So uh, chapter three is this uh, time for everything It's probably the most famous part of Ecclesiastes mm-hmm. is where it says um, there's a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal on. And it goes on and on. Um, there was a song about time- that, wasn't there? Um, it's the Beatles. Imagine anyway. So anyway, so that that's the that's where we are in Ecclesiastes right now. Mm-hmm. Um chapter three in um I mean the main the main fo- 
or the main point here is that even though we live in a world of uncertainty, God the creator is our sustainer mm-hmm. and our starting point. So he's the one that can get us through all of the uncertainty, but we, he has to be the foundation from which we're starting from. Yeah. It can't be a us plus God. We've talked yeah. about that a lot too. God has to be the foundation. He has to be the starting point. Mm-hmm. And with him, by our side, we can get through mm-hmm. the uncertainties of life and the uncertainties of the world and all the craziness that is election season or financial <laughs> or economic crisis or yeah. health issues or whatever it is. Um, and that gets us into chapter four, where we see uh, there's success, oppression, and you. I don't know what that word is. <laughs> Solitariness. I think that's supposed to be uh, solid. Hang on, let me look. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't give a red squiggle <laughs> under the notes. So, and you you are known to have typos in your notes, but usually me? I can. I would never have typos, but I can usually figure them out. Solitariness. So, solitariness. <laughs> Those two letters are next to each other. Okay, so I fixed that in the notes that no one will ever see again. So, success, oppression, and solitariness. Um, in, Solitude. You look back at uh, chapter three. We see all the evil in the world. And uh, Kohelet ultimately concludes that poverty with wisdom is better than riches with folly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a groundbreaking thought, especially to the Western American church, that yeah. <clears throat> it is better to be um, rich in wisdom and poor in finances than the other way around. Yeah. Like the word he uses is poverty. That's yeah. like homeless living <laughs> under a bridge, not sure where food is coming from. Yeah. And that is better if you have the wisdom of God than ha- being comfortable and being a fool. Yeah. Keep so, in mind here that like that argument is not an argument against wealth. Oh, no, but, it's not. But it is an argument. It's more of an argument for wisdom. Yeah. Our goal should be wisdom. Yeah. And... and, and- yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with having things yeah. and having nice things or whatever. Yeah. But those things cannot be one, you're what you're pursuing. You mm-hmm. should always be pursuing Jesus. But two, you should also be um using wisdom to determine mm-hmm. what things you bring in or what things you decide not to, or you should be looking for wisdom in all areas of your life. And so I think that's, that was a good point to point out there. It's definitely not a indictment on people who have a lot of finances. Mm -hmm. It's not a thing saying they are lesser than the poor because the poor, like it's, it's, you're right. It's totally right. It's not, it's more of a, statement about wisdom and not about money yep so that's through four why don't you go through uh why don't you take us through chapters uh five and six yep so on chapter five and then uh into chapter six we're going to talk about how we can approach god um the thing here is talking about your attitude um Mm -hmm. building on what we came out of in chapter four is you know the mindset of where you're 
money is, the mindset of what you're focusing on is going to help you stay in the right attitude of how you can approach God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's the, one of the points that they make is that we should be listeners whose speech is brief and correct. And I thought that was interesting because Mm. when you, when you think back on, on some of the smartest people, you know, and I, and I've, I've done this before. When I think about people who I would consider to be exceptionally smart, a lot of times they don't say a lot, Mm. but when they do speak, it's always very good. It's very precise. And people typically listen. Yeah. Versus the guy or the gal who's always constantly running their mouth and just full of dumb things. And just, you know, it's like, it's just like a waterfall coming out of their mouth all the time. And you're like, oh my gosh, this person's talking again. Jeez Louise, when will they shut up? You know, Mm -hmm. versus there's that one guy that talks. And when he talks, everybody kind of gets quiet and everybody listens because they know when that guy starts talking, it's going to be good. Mm -hmm. And, and so, that's that's really like that's the attitude that we should approach God with is I'm not going to do a lot of talking, but I am going to do a lot of listening because yeah you are the ultimate source of wisdom God and I need that wisdom into my life and so yeah you know I'm I'm gonna just sit here and be quiet and and I'm going to learn from the wisdom of God so that I can have the fear of God in me yeah. and so that kind of wraps up uh, the first part of chapter five. And then we follow chapter uh, the end of chapter five on into chapter six. And we get back to this kind of wealth versus oppression thing. Um, He goes, he addresses back to the love of money. um, Thinking back to chapter four and chapters five. Um, And, and then he closes out the first back uh, the first part of this book with a summary of, of really kind of everything that they've already covered. Okay, Mm so we're talking about futility, we're talking about wisdom, we're talking about money, we're talking about life. And then he kind of summarizes all of that at the end of chapter six, which is going to set up the second half of the book, which starts in chapter seven. So take us through there through chapter seven. So chapter seven is going to tell tell the reader and tell us about the advantage of wisdom. Mm -hmm. Um, It's uh, the main focus here is why wisdom is important and we think back to the book of proverbs mm-hmm. um i think that's probably part of the reason why these two books got paired together in <laughs> when the scripture got yeah i mean in the western world it makes sense yeah because uh, ecclesiastes does borrow a lot from proverbs yeah and, and it's very much uh wisdom literature much mm-hmm. like proverbs it's not the zingers we talked about last week it's a little more coat like zingers it's rambling but it's cohesive rambling yes if that makes sense it's like it's like long bouts of rambling instead of like little <laughs> little bitty <laughs> but um so that's chapter seven is uh talking about wisdom and then uh we get into chapter eight uh, we're uh, going to be dealing with an unjust world again um we see the themes of wickedness and injustice and that um like our our main goal should be to fear God and mm-hmm. seek his wisdom and enjoy the life he has given us, um, which is very, I think that's a hard thing for us to do. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot to be said about the word contentment in the book mm-hmm. of Ecclesiastes. And, and, you know, we're going to talk about it here in a little bit, but think about Paul, think about Paul and contentment. Um, because when you get to chapter nine, 
Mm-hmm. That's that's really kind of where it starts to hit home. Um, we should enjoy this life regardless of our circumstances. You know, Paul mm-hmm. was in prison and shackled and chained, but he still wrote verses like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. You know, um, and and so when you have again, go back to chapter five, the attitude that we have when we approach God, mm. you know. When things are not going your way or when you think things are not going your way, what is your attitude? What, do, what is your response to those situations? Because a content attitude says, come what may, whatever it is, hell or high water, here we are. You know, uh, I'm going to focus on Jesus. I'm going to focus on my relationship with God. I'm going to focus on learning what God has to teach me in this moment. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, we see that really kind of come to the fore in chapter nine, because he talks primarily about living in the face of death. And he, he drawing from the certainty of death, you know, again, one out of one people die. So it's going to happen. So you have to reckon with it. And the thing is, is your attitude going to be such that you're more worried about death than you are living in the moment and doing everything that you can right now to mm. bring glory to the Father, to further the gospel, to proclaim Jesus to the nations? How are you going to live your life? Or are you going to be scared of everything that might possibly kill you? Because an attitude that is scared like that is not an attitude that has trust and faith in the sovereign God of the universe. Right. You know? And so that takes us through chapter nine. And then we get on into chapter 10 and we kind of tie all of this death talk into the way wisdom would look at it, which is going to be a kind of a furtherance of that contentment. Um, I thought it was interesting um, when we were talking about this, um, this, this week that we're in uh, is election week. And then, a note they had in the book uh, regarding chapter 10 was that uh, chapter 10 tells us how to survive under a bad government. Mm. <laughs> and I think to myself, how applicable is that? Right. You know, and, your team didn't win. So obviously it's a bad government, whatever. Well, and that's, that's what's the thing. It's all about perception and perspective, mm-hmm. but like, I think we get so hung up on, my candidate or the candidate I voted yeah. for didn't win, but you voted for the other guy. So we can't even talk about like, yeah, like we can't even have a civil discussion about anything mm-hmm. because you vote one way and I vote the other way. And it, who cares? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm so over all the, the politics do, mm-hmm. doing what it does yeah and unfortunately i live in georgia we're gonna have another month of stinking <laughs> commercials of the two candidates bashing each other that just means i might got another month of text messages that are gonna be coming <laughs> dang it <laughs> i mean i sit here and watch these commercials for these two candidates whose names i won't say but if you live in georgia you know <laughs> um but it's like all they're doing is talking bad about the other person yeah they're not saying anything about what they're going to actually do mm-hmm. how, how are you former uga running back going to be different <laughs> than this 
former pastor. Yeah. Like, like what are you going to do different? And, and if you can't tell me that, I'm going to have a hard time voting for you. Also, yeah. former pastor, if all you're going to talk about is all the uh, skeletons in the other guy's closet and not about what you're going to do and what mm-hmm. you've done, I'm also not really interested in voting for you. So, yeah, it's I think politics brings out the worst in people. Yes. And it's great to see in scripture that there's um, advice for how to deal with or how to interact with or how to survive Mm -hmm. when the government is not doing what it should be doing, (laughs) which probably is one of the like uh, secondary definitions of government, like a group of people who don't do what they're supposed to be doing. Um, but, Unfortunately, it's becoming a primary definition of government. <laughs> yeah, there's that. So it's just if you live in Georgia, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. And if you've watched TV in Georgia in the last month, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So yes. it's not fun and no one likes it. Of course not. Of course not. So then in chapter 11, uh, the first part of chapter 11, uh, we get back to this uh, theme of we can't understand what God's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just kind of we're bringing that theme back to and, and you know, it's important. We've said it here. It's important to understand that. We can't understand what God's doing because God is infinite and yeah. and it's it's OK. We can try. It's OK to try and it's OK to learn as much as possible. But you have to keep in the forefront of your mind that you will not actually understand it. Yeah, and there's more to I. I remember, um, th- it was it was actually an argument. Uh, it wasn't really an argument. It was a debate with an atheist, and this atheist was talking about all of the things that we know in the world, and and how can we believe that there's a God based on all of the things that we know? Mm-hmm. You know, we ha- we're so advanced in society. We're you know we have all of this technology. We're you know it's almost like we've reached this pinnacle. Of course, every generation says they've reached the pinnacle. Um. And so this this guy who's there they're having the debate back and forth he's he goes up to the chalkboard and he draws a circle and he says okay Mr. Atheist guy let's pretend that this circle contains all of the knowledge that every human being has ever learned through all of time period mm-hmm. all of it he says how much would you say that we know now at this point in time of all knowledge, how much knowledge do you think you know humankind has? Mm-hmm. And the, the atheist guy thought for a little minute, a minute, and he says, "I think we know forty percent of everything there is to know. We still have a lot of things we're learning. We're making, we're hitting new boundaries every day." He said, "If I had to guess, I would say forty percent." So the theist guy's like, "Awesome!" So he draws this little thing into the pie chart, roughly forty percent. He's like, forty percent." He says, "Okay, now." In this 40% is all of the knowledge encapsulated by all of mankind. That leaves 60% of stuff that we don't know. Mm -hmm. And he said, do you think it's possible that in the 60% of stuff that we don't know, that we could find something out that helps us understand God a little bit more? And and it was, I mean, it was just kind of this, this, he stood there and he was like, well, I mean, yeah, I have to say yes. There's there's no way I can say no to that mm-hmm. because I don't know what's into that. Yes, it is right. possible. And so, you know, I, I think it's it's important for us to understand that 
as we learn and as we grow, we're never going to fully understand God. Right. But we have to be okay with that, but we have to keep pressing in and learning as much as we possibly can about God. Yeah. Finding well, new things. And it's it's not new because it's in scripture. Right. So there's one thing you said in that that is the hardest part of of a lot of our walk with Jesus is being okay with not knowing. Yeah. That that being that being okay with not is a seems to be a recurring theme, especially mm-hmm. like to me is like I've got to be okay with not understanding what God is doing. I've got yeah. to be okay with not kn- not knowing everything, and that's really hard, especially for again Western civilization yeah. is the civilization of knowledge at at our fingertips at our mm-hmm. disposal at all times it used to be like oh i do you guys remember that movie blah 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 and the guy who was uh, is like yep i remember that mm-hmm. don't remember his name and i'm not gonna <laughs> i don't have a way to figure it out and now it's like you can google movie with this vague plot and <laughs> It'll pop it up. Yeah. And somebody's put it into a data chain somewhere and it knows exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So I think that whole being okay with not knowing is the hardest part. Yeah. Or being okay with not understanding. I think that's yeah. the hardest part. So. Yeah. So take us through these last two sections and wrap up Ecclesiastes for us. Sure. So um, the rest of chapter 11, Anthony, you you started chapter 11 there. Right. Yes, Can I you did. Start that. You did. Okay. Mm-hmm. I I was sorry. Moonshine. Um, <laughs> moonshine. <laughs> moonshine. I, I I saw something somewhere. It was like if moonshine has a barcode, it's not real moonshine. Anyway, um, it's true. So, uh, the rest of chapter eleven, and then the first part of chapter twelve is this final word to the young. Mm-hmm. Um, and if and it's says that if we can learn when we're young that life is transitory, wisdom will follow. Yeah. Um, if we can learn early in life that life is all about transitions and moving from one thing to the next, whether that's age groups or transitioning to school or home or in your walk with Jesus or mm-hmm. Getting married, having kids, kids moving out, kids bringing grandkids back, like that whole thing. Um, like that is just gonna like you're gonna gain wisdom through all that mm-hmm. experience out of necessity. Like yeah. you can't go through all those transitions and not gain wisdom. Yep. I don't think. Maybe you can. It would not be wise to not gain wisdom. <laughs> um and then uh, we end chapter 12 here uh, talking about Kohelet as a wise man Um, and the final words in Ecclesiastes are on the emptiness of life without the fear of God Um, and I, if I can get to it fast-ish in addition to the teacher being, this is uh, verses 9 through 14, I'm sorry Um, in addition to the teacher being a wise man he constantly taught the people knowledge he weighed, explored, and arranged many proverbs the teacher sought to find delightful sayings and write words of truth accurately. The sayings of the wise are like goads, 
and those from masters of collections are like firmly embedded nails. The sayings are given by one shepherd. But beyond these, my son, be warned, there is no end to the making of many books, and much study wearies the body. When all has been heard, the conclusion of the matter is, fear God and keep his commands, because this is for all humanity. For God will bring every act to judgment, including every hidden thing, whether good or evil. Yep. And so live for God and fear him and be, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, be diligent in that. Yep. So there it is. That's Ecclesiastes for you. It's a good one. It is a good one. It's a good book. So, um, Anthony, would you like, you have anything else to add before we pray out? I'm good. Let's do, let's pray. Can I do that? Yes, sir. Do it. God, we thank you for tonight. Uh, we thank you for another opportunity to sit down, uh, look at your word, talk through your word. Um, and I pray that our discussion would be fruitful. Uh, I pray our discussion would be encouraging. Um, God, as we think about our lives and as we think about uh, what we go through on a daily basis, God, we would see all of life as ways that we can learn more about you. We can bring more glory to you. And God, that we can also share the goodness of your glory with those who are around us, Mm -hmm. Uh, that we can be content in our circumstances. We can be content in what comes our way. Um, God, and that we can understand that your ways are higher than our ways and that you know what is good for us and that you, uh, for those who have put their faith and their trust in you, uh, God, that, that you have blessings for them. And, and even though according to the world standards, those may not be blessings, God, they're your blessings. And so they are good and, and they serve to further your glory in our lives and God, that we would recognize that we would be aware of that and we could respond to that appropriately god that we can know who you are and we can seek your wisdom in our lives and in our understanding and in our relationships and in everything that we do in our work god that we can be people who are defined by you and your glory and so god i pray that you would take this discussion and this study and you would bless it um and god that you would encourage uh the people of God to be bold in their faith, to be bold in their words, God, that they could speak rightly and they could speak wisely uh, to the world around us. God, there's so much need for godly wisdom in in every aspect of our lives and every aspect of our culture today, God. So I pray that you would use us, just a couple of guys, that you would use us to help further that that uh, that mission, that we could bring your glory and your wisdom to a lost and dying world. And we pray and we ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Michael, if they want to reach us on social media places, where would they do that? The listeners of the beers and bottle podcast can find us on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore. Mm-hmm. They can find us on Twitter at beers and Bible P one can find us on facebook by searching beers and bible podcast and then you can also email us at beers and bible podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions about anything we've discussed on the podcast any beer suggestions 
that you would like for us to try to review or anything else you'd like to talk to us about. We'd love to hear from you and uh, we would certainly enjoy that interaction. Yes, we would. Yes, we would. Well, until next week, I hope that your beer stays cold and your Bible stays open and we will see you later. Peace out.